Welcome to Liquid Church Media. The message you're about to enjoy was originally delivered live at Liquid Church by Pastor Tim Lucas. For more content, log on to liquidchurch.com or visit one of our campuses in the New Jersey metro area. Liquidchurch.com, where truth is relevant and grace wins. It's Christmas time. There's no need to be afraid At Christmas time We let in light And we banish shame And in our world of plenty We can spread a smile of joy Throw your arms around the world At Christmas time Say a prayer Pray for the other ones At Christmas time It's hard But when you're having fun There's a world outside your window And it's a world of dread and fear Christmas bells that ring there are the clanging chimes of doom. Well, tonight, thank God it's there instead of you. And there won't be snow in Africa this Christmas time. The greatest gift they'll get this year is Merry Christmas, everybody. Good to see you guys. How are we doing? Morristown Nutley, guys watching on the big screen. Good to see you guys. Glad you are here. Pastor Ryan, how do we say Merry Christmas in Creole? Joye Noel. Joye Noel, okay. This is Merry Christmas from Haiti. Pastor Ryan and the team actually just got back a few weeks ago from Cap Haitian, uh, where we were building a uh, liquid clean water well in Haiti, and we wanted to give you kind of a glimpse of Christmas today through the lens of the developing world, because here in America, Christmas is kind of a time of mass consumption, commercialism, you know, discounts, mass overspending, but in the third world, it is a much different story. Haiti is actually the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere, and uh, it's really been a privilege for our water teams to kind of go there and uh, bring clean water in Jesus' name. Here's the deal. It's weird. I confessed this to you last week. At Christmas, I'm always looking for kind of fresh ways to regain that awe and that wonder of the original humble uh, uh, origins of Jesus' birth. And um, today, I thought we could take kind of a look at the Christmas story through the lens of our Haitian brothers and sisters. I mean, just, Ryan, honestly, we all kind of know how the Christmas story begins with, you know, Mary riding on a donkey to Bethlehem. And Tim, no, there was no donkey in the biblical story. Sorry. Dude, I'm the, the teaching pastor. There's a, yeah. there's a, there's a donkey in there. Yeah. Uh, you know, well, we, we're going, whatever. I, 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 we can look this up. But however she got there, we all know that Jesus is born in this, this, this stable, you know, this barn and uh, now, with the animals uh, and all. No, sorry. I, I feel really bad about this. There was really no barn or stable in the story either. Well, this is completely awkward. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, whatever the whole thing. We all know, you know, the, 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 then the angel announces it to the, to the uh, shepherd dudes out in the fields, kind of, you know, how all the, uh, you know, the announcement angels. Yeah, yeah, yeah there, there were shepherds, but they probably weren't dudes, old dudes. They were probably young kids. Kids. Yeah. Yes, I know. It, it's hard for us to really yeah. understand about this. You see, if you look at our nativity set in most of our traditions, what you'll see is this. You'll see this beautiful little picture. Yes. You see, there's a donkey, oh, right? There's a donkey. Holy night. There's a donkey. Here's a shepherd, yeah. dude. He's got a beard. I, I, I understand that, but our traditions, <laughs> our traditions have tainted this over time. The first century picture is a whole lot more intense. Okay. In fact, the story of the first century is a lot like our story that we had in Haiti, and I'd love to talk to you guys a little bit about that tonight. Sure. So if you guys have your Bibles, I'd love for you to turn to Luke chapter 2. Okay. We're going to look at this story from the first century perspective, and then we're going to glance at it from Haiti back to back there. So Luke chapter 2, page 711, starting at verse 6. Uh, what's happening here is, is Joseph and Mary are going to Bethlehem because Caesar Augustus is saying there's, this, there's a decree that everybody has to go to their hometown to register. So during this scene, Mary and Joseph are on their way to Bethlehem. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. All right? And Mary gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born for you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Hmm. This is kind of interesting because Ryan, uh, Pastor Ryan serves as our pastor of student ministry, so your middle school, high school kids. And we were, oh yeah, all right, let's hear it for, yeah, let's hear it for Infuse, our student ministries, good times. But we were discussing this past week just kind of how Haiti gives us fresh eyes to see this, this Christmas account with a totally new perspective. Ryan, what kind of yeah. struck you most here? What jumped out at you? Well, I think the first thing in the story is this whole idea, but then the reality of humble hospitality. Okay. So in verse 7, it says, this, it says that there was no room for them in the inn. Now, now God has this whole other vantage point here. Not just the inn, but Christ is born into not a barn or a stable, but probably <laughs> this shepherd's cave. Okay. Now, to give you guys just a picture of this, okay? This cave would have been a place that had about six feet of manure, all right? About six inches of soot on top, cobwebs everywhere. So the king of kings, the lord of lords, the king of the Jews, his first crib is in the most unlikely of places. A lot like some of the experiences in the places that we visited when we were in Haiti. Describe that to us. Tell us about it. Uh, well, we actually have a video here to show you guys. Uh, this is actually a mud hut right here. Okay. Uh, a mud hut, and this family is Madame Jackson and her three little girls. Uh, we're talking like, uh, we would be embarrassed to invite people in, into our home, but these, such hospitality, dirt floors, um, and they didn't expect anything in return. Right. They just said, yo, come on, see. this is their kitchen, okay? Uh, they serve rice, they serve beans, they serve for the entire community, not just for their own family, okay. so they, a lot of sharing. Uh, we're praying for their family there. Uh, this guy is a few doors down. His name is Lickney. He is a 23-year-old, uh, and uh, the great thing about Lickney is that right when we got there, he said, I'm going to climb this tree, and I'm going to get you a coconut, and I'm going, oh my goodness, he's going to fall. Uh, and then sure enough, he knocks these coconuts down, and he almost, he doesn't slice his hand off, but I probably would have. Uh, and then we, we drank this. It was, uh, right. it was unbelievable. And just the generosity, yeah. n they don't expect anything in return. It's amazing because yeah. the average Haitian lives on less than a dollar a day, okay? So this is dirt, 
poor poverty. This yeah. is the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere. And what little they had was really destroyed in the earthquake in Port-au-Prince a couple of years ago. So they don't have much materially to give. Uh, no, they don't. Too. Okay. But what they do have, they have time. All right. And so, you know, and, and you and I, we're friends. Yeah, we, we have coffee. We hang out here we'll and there. See. We'll see. We'll see how this goes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But here, here, here's the truth. Okay, we've never been to one another's homes. Yeah, it's true. Now, 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 a Haitian would see that, and they wouldn't understand that dynamic. Like, what do you mean you've never been to one another's right. homes? So in these little, tiny, poor little mud huts, with what little they've got, uh, they're just extravagant in their giving. So Haiti really just helped me see this whole, not concept, but the reality of humble hospitality. So, so Jesus, for instance, right, he's born in this dark, dingy cave, yeah. okay? The Son of God. We, we talked about this, Emmanuel, which is God with us. So then John says this, the writer John in the gospel, he says, the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. That word dwelt actually means tented, that that Jesus comes down, he puts his tent here in the midst of filth uh, that's crazy, like he's opening up hospitality for the world in just this this nasty, dingy cave. You know, I think all of our water teams that traveled uh, El Salvador, Haiti this year were impacted in a similar way. If you're new to our church, you should know this. Clean water is kind of our signature cause, and it's not just because the name of our church is Liquid Church, but the reality is we really feel a calling, a God-given calling to have an impact on this global water crisis. You don't hear a lot about this in the news, but right now, over one billion people on our planet lack access to clean, safe drinking water. That's what these jerry cans are for. That's, that's what these, these little babies are for in the States. These are used for carrying gas, but in the developing world, they're used by women to fetch dirty water. They're called jerry cans because the Germans actually used them to carry diesel in World War II in Africa. And, uh, and they're called, you know, jerry, Germans, jerry cans. And they left them behind. And so today in Ethiopia, you'll have girls get up. They'll walk three to six hours every morning to fetch dirty water. And they share their water sources with livestock, cows, hyena. It's really the contamination, their urine and feces. It just makes it toxic. And yet that's what they drink every day. They fill these jerry cans day after day, year after year, drinking this toxic stuff. And 80% of all disease in Haiti is caused by unsafe water and lack of basic sanitation. I remember when we first kind of brought a sample of this water back to New York City, put it underneath a microscope. This is what we saw. And if you take a look there, those moving things, those wiggly jigglies are parasites. Okay, this is the water. This is the, the eggs of worms here. And when Colin and I were in Africa, I remember we saw, we met this boy named Alfred. Take a look at his feet. If you see, they're a bit large, and that's because they are infested with worms that will eventually move from his feet, up his legs, to his body, and eventually kill him and shut down his heart. They will eat a hole in his heart. I mean, we all know, you know, where you live shouldn't determine whether you live, but it does, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And, and of course, you know, in Africa, it's a huge crisis, and our hearts go out to that. Uh, In in Haiti, it's very similar. In fact, uh, the situation there might even be a bit more intense, might be a bit more sinister. too. in Africa, as you guys saw, uh, what you have is you have the water. It looks dirty. It is dirty. It smells bad. It's just disgusting. But in Haiti, what we found is that these rivers, these streams that came down were beautiful. They were crystal clear, but they had a a ton of toxins in it. And what happens is the kids, it affects them the most. From kids uh, up until, from birth up till five, uh, the death rate is horrible. In fact, uh, this is what we saw when we were in Haiti. So what we've been noticing are that animals come down to these streams and they use this as a drinking source. But not only that, animals will be animals and so they use this as their restroom as well. This water right here, it looks clean. In fact, it's been a hot day so I would love to just drink some of it. But the truth of the matter is, is that this water is contaminated. Laughter is the only thing that'll keep you sane. 
in this world that's dying more and more every day. Don't let evil get you down in this madness spinning round and round. Many children have at least a thousand parasites in their system, uh, some of which can lead to cholera and typhoid by drinking streams that look just like this. Cholera, typhoid, diarrhea. Now, uh, Tim, if you and I, if any of us in here, if, you know, if we got diarrhea, what we, what we would do is we'd go straight to the CVS right down the road. We'd get some Pepto, we'd get some Imodium. Uh, possibly we would have to go to the ER, get our electrolytes leveled. In Haiti, uh, they, they don't have that. Uh, you know, it might be miles away for there to be a cholera clinic. If that, sometimes they can't get the balance right. And so, as we all know, Haiti is the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere. And there was an earthquake that happened in 2010. After that, what happened is Port-au-Prince was leveled. Everybody left. They fled. They went up to the towns because they had family and friends up there. So these tiny little villages, okay, of about 40 people, some of them had 40 people in it, then overnight were 4,000, some of them 40,000 people in these villages. So you've got to think, lack of water, lack of food. These humanitarian organizations were trying to figure all this out, and they, and they couldn't because it was, they were just overrun. Sewage, sanitation problems. And so they were like, this is a nightmare. This is a disaster, like what we saw in the news. That's why clean water, it's critical in Haiti right now. It really is. There's actually a fascinating water connection to the first Christmas here. If you look at verse 12, something I never saw, I took it for granted, where we say, it says, there'll be a sign to you, you'll find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And I'll give you, it doesn't say stable. <laughs> but I always thought like manger yeah. was a feed trough, you yeah. know, filled with hay. That's how we see it in pictures. Yeah, it, it, my dad's a cattleman, of course, because I'm from Texas and all Texans <laughs> have dads that are cattlemen. Sure. So I've been around, you know, barns and hay and feeding troughs and cleaning water troughs, for instance. Uh, but in the first century, the manger was actually carved out of stone and it looked like this. This is the first century manger in Israel. Now, this isn't just a manger. This is a water trough. So I don't want us to miss this connection. I love geeking out like this because I think God is kind of a geek in some ways. This pictures in scripture that Jesus says he's the living stone, okay? He also says he is the living water that's come down from heaven. So think about this during this season, right? That the living stone, the living water comes down to earth. And where is his first crib? Right here in a stone water trough. Beautiful, beautiful stuff. So there's a physical, right, and there's that spiritual connection that God's always playing around with in yeah. Scripture. Absolutely. So the idea is at Christmas we're, we're literally celebrating the arrival of the living water that gives, brings us spiritual, spiritual life. In terms of the dirty water that ravages, you know, these Haitian children and families, what we discovered as a church is that there's actually a very simple solution to the problem, and that's drilling a, one of these babies, a clean water well. The scandal of the clean water crisis is that there is clean water. It's only about 100 feet or so underneath their feet, but the people have absolutely no way of getting at it. And so that's kind of where our church comes in. Because of your generosity, our church was actually able to purchase our very own liquid drill rig this year to travel around to these villages in order to dig their own clean water well. And Ryan, you actually had a chance to work on the drill rig yeah. along with a dozens of other yeah. volunteers. Tell yeah, us it about was it. Pre it was pretty awesome. Okay. I'd love to give you guys just a sneak peek of what that looked like. Check this out.
It's a beautiful day in Haiti, and these guys are hard at work. We're covered in mud, thanks to you, Liquid Church, because if it weren't for you, we would not be here right now. This is the drill that you purchased, so thank you for your generosity and the abundance that comes from your heart, giving back to the Lord and to His children. I love that. Can we hear it for the Liquid Drill Rig team? They did an amazing, amazing job. As you can see, just incredible. Those of you who went this year, incredible. You can see bringing clean water is a dirty business. It is a messy thing. And uh, this is actually not a walk in the park, is it? Oh, yeah, it's simple, right? I mean, look at this. I mean, not only are you covered in mud, you're laying pipe. Now, most of us, you know, we work in, you know, inside these air-conditioned Haiti is hot all the time, <laughs> right. so it's incredibly right. intense there. How many hours a day are you guys working? Oh, uh, man, you're like, from, from we get up in the morning, and we're working until the sun goes right. down. Right, yeah. so we talk about, you know, a cup of cold water in Jesus' name. It's actually yeah. a lot of work to provide that. Yeah, you know, but Tim, it's, it's yeah. rewarding. I mean, honestly, like, with the blood, the sweat, and the tears that goes into it, you're actually, you're giving life and health to a community that doesn't have that. How many, I gotta ask, how many people does one of these clean water well serve? Yeah, it, this, this is the part that blows my mind, all right? This is scandalous. $5,000. That's okay. it okay. For, a, for a whole clean water project. Yeah. That's how, many, it. how many people does it serve, though? It, it I mean, serves, when you oh, talk so about... It, oh, yeah. It, ser- it, serves, it serves 300 to 400 people. So, okay. so think, about, think about this for a second, right? So 300 to 400 students, and then, and then multiply that. You've got about 600 to 800 because you have aunts and uncles and cousins and all these the people in the village. village. Yeah, okay. yeah, and so the results are, are okay. simply amazing. Diseases get cut in yep. half right away. Yep. Okay. Little girls, they can, they can go to school now because they don't have to worry about, you know, fetching mm-hmm. water and all that stuff. Yeah. So what we're doing is, is we're, we're actually bringing life to this community. And it's really, it's honestly, it's about the sheer joy in people's faces. So okay. when you can change a face like this into a face like this, this is really what it's all about for us. Yeah, it's an amazing, yeah. it's an amazing thing. You said, I mean, a, a well costs yeah. typically $5,000 that, that's, for a... That's crazy. That's okay. it. It's $5,000. Yeah, it's yeah, an it's amazing nuts. thing. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's a water project. And how long does it, what do these last? I mean, is this a durable yeah, thing? Th- these things last uh, about up to 20 years. And, okay. and the beauty of these is that they're, the Living Water International is the organization that we're partnering with. Okay. And so they're actually looking for, for partners, for Haitian leaders in the community to come alongside them to help with, like, the repair and the maintenance of these. Okay. Yeah, and so what, th- that's why everybody comes to the village. That's why this such this celebration, yeah. uh, because th- you're actually giving life to a community for 20 years. Yeah. They're, they're yeah. absolutely beautiful children. I mean, yeah. if you can see this, and, and it's funny because you said that you're like, is it amazing yeah. how many kids there were at the first Christmas? I'm like, I only read about one. There's the baby Jesus, right? Okay, now it's in the water trough. I get it. Yep. But where do you see other kids in the Luke yes, account? Yes, and here we have the <laughs> shepherds in the story, okay? Right. So in verse 8, you see this picture right here. There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch of their flocks uh-huh. at night. So for years, we've had this pageant, right, with the old guy, the cane, and the beard, and all that nonsense. <laughs> right, right. But in the Middle East, shepherds are kids, but they're not only kids. Some of them are 9- to 12-year-old girls, completely illiterate, no credibility whatsoever. It is an amazing thing, yeah. because I always thought, like, that's crazy. Like, why, if God's going to announce the arrival of his son, why would he entrust the news you know, to, to tweens yep. who are illiterate in straw poverty, <laughs> their, you know, their testimony is completely inadmissible in court. Why would he do such a yeah, thing? Well, yeah. I mean, Tim, you know, you're a parent, and being somebody that works with teens and I work with kids, this is kind of easy to see, okay? Even in Operation Christmas Angel, this event that we had, I asked the kids, I said, I said, hey, guys, uh, what are you looking forward to at Christmas time? What do you think they said? 
presents, presents. of course, because kids <laughs> love to receive gifts with this, like, uh, this, this unbelievable joy yeah. and this gratitude in their hearts. And so when you give a simple gift yeah. of water, okay, right. this is a miracle. This is like this wild abandon that happens in their hearts right here. So the highlight of our trip, you're looking at it right here. Uh, it wasn't just digging and, you know, and drilling these wells and getting dirty. It was actually playing with these kids, doing the Bible stories, doing the lessons and all that. And, and honestly, that's why I suspect that God chose to deliver his message of good news of salvation first to young kids. Yeah. Let's say, take a look and, at some of these. These are amazing. I just want to show you because it's not just drilling wells. It's actually interacting with the people and building relationship. Take a look at some of the children we're serving. Here we are at one of the national government schools in Haiti. Behind me, there are 300 students who have walked about two hours just to get to school today. And we're just blessed because not only are we here to build a well for clean water for these young people, but we're here to bless them with the love of Jesus and to give them some Bible stories. So come with me. We're going to have a lot of fun today. for our drill teams at El Salvador and Haiti. Incredible, incredible job. Yeah. It, it, and when you see that, when you see the childlike innocence and just the joy, it is a miracle. Clean water, we take it for granted. Yeah. You realize, like when Jesus was talking, he said, unless you become like a little child, you can't enter the kingdom of heaven. Yeah, and Tim, that, that's what's amazing, right? Is that when we go on these, these mission trips, right? We think we're going to be serving. Right. And we are serving, yeah. but really we're being filled up with, with this incredible joy just from little tiny children. Now, this is, this is insane, okay? Now, picture this, a box of crayons, all right? Now, to us, this is eh, eh, no big deal, right? Some of the children in Haiti had never seen a box of crayons. So Janet Salter Hammer, who is our guru behind all things living water, <laughs> you know, Janet she's, she's amazing. Awesome, she was man. with these Haitian kids, yeah. and she had to actually take a crayon out, put it in their hand, and show them how to draw with one of these. So, and that, that's what we're dealing with here. Kids who have never even used a crayon before, and we're showing them how to draw pictures, hope, and life. I think that's honestly, that's why God chose little children, because of the sheer joy, the gratitude, and the wonder in their hearts. Absolutely. And here's the deal, guys. It is Christmas, and there are literally dozens of projects waiting to be funded in 2012. And what we want to do is really challenge each of you to get involved in the cause in one of two ways, and that is to either give or to go, or maybe both. Yeah, uh, and you know, during this time of the year, uh, we know from the scripture from John three sixteen that what? For God so loved the world that he gave. That he gave. Yeah, he gave his son. So this is a season of we're giving and we're, and we're receiving. And so what we do as Christians, we, we're receiving this gift of salvation that God sent his son to forgive us from our sins, eternal salvation. That's why we're doing this clean water initiative, right? We're giving, we're saving lives. We're giving water to the next generation. 
Yeah, so that's an amazing thing. I mean, when we think about this, um, I look at this little yeah. boy, and I was just this like, is, "That's amazing! You just must have hundreds and thousands." And you were like, "This is not a number." A no, no. I mean, it, this, that's the thing, Tim. Is it this this kid right here? We often think in stats and billions and all that. This kid is his name is Darren. This is Lickney's brother. Okay. Sure. So when Darren sees a box of crayons, okay, he lights up because for him this is a rainbow in a box. Okay. So <laughs> so Darren Darren is just one of many kids. Who, who receives crayons, he receives hope and dreams. And when you give him a cup of cold water, he just lights up with this simple gift. Now, now we don't just like, you know, randomly put wells anywhere, okay? okay. So what we do we, with living water, what they do is they put the wells next to local schools and they put them next to local churches like this one right here. Uh, this is one of the schools and the churches at Paulette. And uh, these guys, uh, these we were amazing. These kids actually, uh, they they don't. Uh, this is a Christian education. Uh, they can't afford government school, which is only eight dollars a year. So the pastor here at this school, okay, he told me this very simple. He said, "What you do is you just tell people, hey, come and drink the water, and then you're filled up with health, with new life. Yeah. And then you come in and you hear the message." of good news that Jesus is the living water, and you get this eternal life. So in, in, these, in these churches, these buildings that we're partnering with, uh, it's amazing because when we went to worship with them, check this out, okay? We go into worship, and for us, when it's offering time, what do we do in the West? We pass this you know, popcorn bucket or this plate around, you know, <laughs> right. and you know, all right, this, right. and we, we do online. But these guys were like, oh, man, what are they going to do? It's time to give the offering. Yeah. Every single person, they get up out of their seat, I'm like, and they go forward in this, this is whole celebration that's going on, right. and they give out of their poverty. They give out of their brokenness, right. which is just unbelievable. Like, what, what, what are the, how are they doing this? This is incredible, right? Yeah. And so these young children, what we're doing is we're changing, we're changing a generation uh, uh, from, from kids who are in this place of, of poverty and destitute. We're giving them a cup of, of cold water. In fact, in Matthew mm. 10, it says this. It says that if you give a cup of cold water to one of these little ones, surely your reward will be great. You will be rewarded. Yeah. Now, this is a personal investment on, on, on all, for all of us, right? So during this time yeah. of year, you know, we give all kinds of gifts. We give and we receive. But when it comes to the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, yeah. uh, this is an eternal reward, right? We're, we're, we're giving something. We're, we're saving lives, all right? Yeah. And so I, what I want to do is I want to challenge. I want to challenge us, and I hope that you will give generously uh, this year. Uh, to actually, not, it's not about guilt. It's not about, oh, well, liquid needs money for the... No, this is about, again, saving lives right here. In fact, um, I'm going to ask you guys at this point to take out this, uh, this brochure, what you have. Uh, this is our Christmas offering because every single... You'll have it right there. Um, what you'll see is that all of, our, all of our projects for 2012, every single one of them, is being funded through this Chris, special Christmas offering. And if you look inside, what you'll see, there's a special envelope right in there. Uh, envelope just that goes straight to these wells for our Christmas offering. And so um, now there, there's projects that are coming up, uh, but what we do is we would love for you guys to actually really pray about, like, not only the cause, but the kids like Darren, hmm. like Lickney, right. the guy who right. climbed up the coconut tree. And he says, he said, this, he said I want to be a pastor. His friend said, well, I want to be an engineer. Hmm. Why? Because he's seeing this at work. We're giving them ownership by just simply giving them a cup of cold water. Mm -hmm. Only $5,000 for a well project. It's incredible. Yeah. And some of you can make a real difference. You know, candidly, at one of our campuses, a beautiful thing. There's one family in our church who they have, for the last three years, they give a well every Christmas, okay? So, like, each Christmas, they kind of donate $5,000, you know, for a well, even actually say, you know, one of them represents our kids each year. And it really makes a, a difference because they began that tradition a few years ago. And that's the way we hope some of you are going to get involved. You have the capacity to give sacrificially. 
You know, some of you can do one well, some of you can do two or three, but by all means, we want to challenge all of you to give, but some of you, in fact, to go. Um, we're just yeah. literally going to be posting yeah. our trips today for our 2012 clean water trips, correct? Yeah. You're going to go, right? Come on. I'm gone. Come on. Come on. <laughs> right, so here's the, we would love for everybody. Well, yeah, yeah you're going to go. Yes. So yeah. we would love for everybody to go. We understand that this, the, the, there's a limited amount of space on these trips, but here's the deal. When you go on a trip like this, uh, you come back, you're changed. You, you, you can't come back to the American life the same, you know, this cozy sort of, you're like, you're, you're messed with in a good way. God changes your heart eternally. So I want to encourage you guys, if you have the opportunity to go on these trips, in fact, we have signups that start today for 2012, both to El Salvador and to Haiti. Uh, so the, the trips in the spring, though, they're full, but we have trips this summer. Uh, we have trips this fall. In fact, you can sign up for trips for 2013. Uh, and, you know, during this time of the year where we're thinking about, you know, what, what do I want to do, what do I want to do, think about, again, just a cup of cold water in Jesus' name. Uh, Colleen, my wife, and I are going uh, to Haiti, actually, in the spring. And um, we, we uh, candidly, we also give towards a well because one day it's a goal for our family to actually fund an entire water project and then actually take our kids with us to implement that. So I hope some of you will join us, that you give or go or give and go. Just reject apathy, okay? Just the only thing is like doing nothing. Get involved in the cause because you know it's, you don't get closer to God's heart, especially at Christmas. You know, Jeremiah 22, this one I remember when this first popped out at me in the, in the scriptures, it says, he defended the cause of the poor and the needy, and so all went well. Is that not what it means to know me? In other words, God's saying, you really want to know me? Get involved with what's closest to my heart. And that's defending the cause of people who can't fend for themselves, those who are most vulnerable in our world. And here's the truth, guys. As you get involved in this cause, when you begin looking to the interests of the world's poorest and most vulnerable, your faith grows because you're getting involved in something that's close to the Father's heart. As a church, we're like learning this vital thing that the more and more we put aside our needs and concerns to serve the world's poorest with no strings attached, the more you experience of God himself, the more of Christ flows out of you. And that's what I want more of in 2012. So give and go, okay? Get involved one way or another and show Christ's love to this world at Christmas. Uh, speaking of which, I'm, I'm really grateful for Ryan bringing back his experience. Can we hear it for Ryan again and the teams who went to Haiti and El Salvador? We are very, very grateful. And uh, you know what we're going to do? We're going to actually receive our offering today in these yellow jerry cans. Uh, so ushers, if you want to make your way forward, this is fitting because here's the deal. Today is the last Sunday offering that we will actually receive this year. So thank you, thank you, thank you. The reason uh, we're able to do this this past year is because so many of you gave faithfully throughout the year. We've been able to do some incredible things. But since this is our last offering, just want to highlight, just hang out there for a minute, ushers. Can I grab that uh, envelope? This was some, some people have asked this little confusion. Make sure you're clear on this. On this envelope, you'll see when you go in, you know, here it says, here's my regular amount I give. What's in the red box, that's where it says, that's what I'm in addition to my regular offering, I care by giving to the 2011 Christmas offering. So that's kind of a the room for you to write. Here's my above and beyond gift. You do need to have this postmarked by December 31st, okay, in order for this to count towards the end of the year giving. So I just wanted to clarify that. Pastor Dave was like, make sure you explain the envelope. Envelope explained. Okay, you got that. So on the, here's the deal. Let me, uh, let me kind of pray for us, and then I just want to thank God for, for what he's doing and he's going to do in the year to come. Father, um, thank you so much just for the incredible, incredible work. We have a privilege of partnering with you, Lord. Um, we know in Revelation the water of life flows down the center of the city. And, Father, I thank you at Christmas. That was the, that was the beginning, Father, of, of a trickle, Lord, of hope. And now it's spreading throughout um, your world, Father, every tribe, every nation and tongue. And you have invited us to partner with you. Thank you for the privilege of that. And thank you for the work you're doing in Haiti and for Darren and for Lickney, Father. 
that they're not just getting new um, health, but they're getting dreams, Father, to be a pastor, to work on a drill rig, to bring health to their villages. Lord, use whatever is given, Father, for your purposes. Do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine, Father. We just, we just give, let it flow through our hands, Father, and bring living water to this world that you so love. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Ushers, you may receive the offering. Thanks for listening to Liquid Church Media. If you were inspired or challenged by today's message, we hope you'll tell a friend. For more content, log on to liquidchurch.com or visit one of our campuses in the New Jersey metro area. Liquidchurch.com, where truth is relevant and grace wins.